0: Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. In fact, it's the only ritual left. It's all we have left. <laughs> and we are ready to appease the old gods one fuckity fucking minute at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com, and we are welcoming back for a final time Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez from the Cornetto Minute.
2: Hi. Hello. Happy to be here.
3: (laughs) Excited excited to go uh, full Hitchcock today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes and in today's episode we're covering minute 57 of the movie the cabin in the woods and in this minute the race is on for the scooby yang to make it through the pass in time and for the control room to blow up the pass before they can get there
3: uh yeah so the for the i guess i guess we, maybe we should explain the the full hitchcock thing we kind of like hinted at it yesterday or on Wednesday and then, and now, and now, uh, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying it, but I'm not, I'm not referencing exactly what I'm talking about, but there's this moment in Psycho after, uh, after spoilers for, uh, <laughs> how old is that movie? Uh, 58 years old. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, uh, spoilers for Psycho, but, uh, after, uh, Norman, we'll, we'll say after mother, you know, after the shower scene. Uh, Marion Crane. After after she murders Marion Crane, uh, Norman Bates discovers the murder scene and cleans it up, and uh, is basically trying to cover up the murder for his mother. And uh, there's a moment where he takes the body, he puts the body in the trunk of of Marion Crane's car, and then drives the car to the swamp and drives the car into the swamp, and then watches as the car. Goes into the swamp and there's a moment where it's sinking, but then it stops and and he's just watching it happen and eating candy corn and then he stops and gets worried <laughs> and you as the audience also get worried that the car isn't going to go down and then it finally does and then you feel guilty because you're like, why did I? care whether or not the car with the woman that we've been following <laughs> for an hour disappeared or not why why do i care that this guy gets caught and that's that's because mm. hitchcock has magical cinema powers and that is that is th- those same magical cinema mm. powers are uh, exactly what's on display here by uh, mr drew goddard i
0: totally agree <laughs> and yeah that's a great great description of that nick were you gonna say something
2: but yeah, you know, I, I was just watching this and, you know, the real I think the secret sauce when it comes to villains are, are just they have to be so close to getting their asses kicked. Like mm-hmm. the more vulnerable, the better, I think, is what we're learning. What I'm learning the more when we go back to our villains, because, you know, as humans, we're kind of predispositioned to root for the underdog. And there's an argument to mm-hmm. be made that there's no bigger underdog in a story than a villain like he mm-hmm. is he is he is doomed to fail and and i think the reason we love watching like i was thinking about kylo ren in last jedi like he's he's such a great villain because he's so clearly not unbeatable like he's <laughs> all the memes of him are that he's always crying right. right. And super <laughs> emotional and he cares about everything so much and right. that kind of is what makes him a, a fascinating villain he's not detached right. at all and it's just like mm. these guys like their jobs are on the line and you can relate to that maybe more than you can relate mm-hmm. to like a bunch of teenagers like on a on a on a bus.
0: Oh yeah, totally. I remember mm. working at the last coffee house job I had as the manager and my and I mean this that's a kind of job I've done for many years, so I am kind of used to all the you know emergencies that can happen at a coffee house mm-hmm. and i remember the coffee grinder broke which is pretty huge <laughs> you know and my my boss was out of town and it it happened the night before so it happened at the end of of um, you know closing and i was like what are we going to do how do we do it? Uh, The place that I worked at, we had like, you know, really good, high quality, organic coffee and all this stuff. And I knew that I didn't have access to a place to you know, grind it anywhere else. So I just went to Pete's and like the next morning I got up really early, <laughs> went to Pete's, tasted a bunch of their coffees, got the closest espresso blend I could get, which is very different than their espresso blend. So, you know, I had to use like my skill and my, you know, taste stability and get a bunch of coffee ground for what i thought we'd need for the day and i remember it felt like this big adrenaline rush of a thing you know of course it's all just coffee but you know it was there was something very like yeah my job wasn't on the line but the days you know the days money-making ability was definitely on the line and and so yeah i think it 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 totally makes sense they're running around and they're they're um like we said they've got the the outfits on aren't the villains' outfits. They look like guys that you know that work regular Joe kind of jobs. So that right. also helps right. too. They're not wearing like they're not like in right. devil horns. Yeah, I or mean, something. I mean,
3: yeah. Like I, I think the trick to mm-hmm. having a a good hero villain scenario is just. You've got to uh, your 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 villain has to mess up just as much as the hero does. And, and all that all that does is it just makes them equal, which is exactly what you want, because if one is mm. more powerful than the other, it's not interesting. Uh, and I, I, I think that what they do here is really put, you know, the kids in this movie and and these guys on equal footing. Um, As far as like, yeah, they do have a plan, but these these damn kids keep fucking it up Mm -hmm. uh, and and they keep having to, you know, scramble to to cover their asses. (laughs) And then that's exactly what happens with the with the kids. It's like, you know, they they keep trying to escape and these assholes keep getting in their way. So it makes for this perfect, just this perfect mixture of of uh (laughs) Of of
2: rootability, where mm-hmm. you're you're
3: kind of rooting for everyone to be their best, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or Goddard and mm-hmm. Whedon allow both parties to have humanity, and to show that humanity, like yeah, these guys have families and you know stuff about their homes that bug them, and like new new kids, and like all that boring grown up stuff that we right. all know about.
0: They have an annoying annoying coworker that's mm-hmm. calling them out every time they fuck up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, right it, it, it's the first right. subversive thing the movie does is is it lets you emo, the first people you emotionally latch onto are the villains
1: mm-hmm. and that the everyman too mm-hmm. that it isn't oh, yeah. like a kylo ren mm-hmm. where it's you know a guy in black leather who's you know mopey about shit it's it's a couple of regular
2: yeah, like guys and that who knows why they who yeah. knows how they got to this place but you know, everyone, everyone ends up somewhere.
0: Well, yeah. And, and calling mm-hmm. them villains, too, is like it really depends on your point of view, because if if we know that yeah. what they're really trying to do is save, save humanity for one more year, then are they
3: right? Well, I, I think they can be villains without being villainous. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They're based. Yeah. They're antagonists. But yeah. Right. So. The antagonists. I but I, I, uh, I, I just, I don't know. They're just. Uh, God, I, I just I I really feel for these guys because they're in this situation where like I've I've seen that thing where where you know you see something bad and you're like shit and you have that coworker that's like what what happened what's going on if we screw up we're gonna get in a lot of trouble and you're and you're just like oh my god <laughs> shut up you're just making it worse <laughs> <Go away." laughs>
0: it's
3: like it's I, I already feel the pressure I just said shit but yeah. like I, obviously. <laughs>
1: right you don't need a third party to to overcomplicate things yeah that's exactly what she's doing here they're like oh no no yeah we can't we can't take another party and to try and because it's a it's an urgent situation so you don't even have time to be able to break Mm -hmm. out why there's a problem and have someone else's anxiety which is what she's doing she just injects anxiety into an urgent situation that they have to like tend
2: to right the fuck Mm -hmm. now and it's just the little details, like the the the, the pieces, the parts of the, incident, the corporation or whatever that we see Richard Jenkins run past, like it's locker rooms, it's other regular mm-hmm. looking people yeah. like with binders <laughs> open. Yeah. And
0: before he does that, I just thought um, we get a, a nice shot of um, s- mostly we're seeing the Rambler on screens that they're moving around and, you know, looking at and stuff. But then there's a nice shot of just the Rambler coming into the darkness through this little slip of light, which to me is, we know they're able to manipulate light, so it seems like, and I know Drew Wanted the cabin to be in this sort of lonely little space where there are no stars, but there is a little bit of light coming from wherever they were. And I just thought it was a pretty little shot where there's this just a sliver of light behind them, but they're moving away from it. Mm-hmm zipping on over Hmm. and then yeah like you said we get this (laughs) so he's running past these lockers kind of (laughs) banging into things (laughs) saying like make a hole and like running through people it's really exciting it's a really exciting minute i think the most
3: (laughs) interesting uh pit the the most interesting part about this is that this is this is christmas eve and all of the Mm. elves are just like acting like this is any other day right yeah like why well, well,
2: are they the only ones <laughs> stressed out right now
3: yeah it just seems so weird like what else does this place do that all these people don't care uh, what's here, comes the, here comes the toy guys <laughs> yeah guys are th- are oh, oh, cool. oh santa claus is running through the hallways really?
0: i guess they, yeah. don't, they don't know what's they're... going on because they're not looking at the monitors like these guys the only ones well
3: well i just mean but it but it's christmas right. eve you think everyone would just be like w- looking watching monitors all the time like what are they yeah. doing what what are their jobs tonight like right. what are they what like there, there's you got these two guys walking down the hallway and one's showing the other one something in a binder and he's commenting on it <laughs> what are they talking about like it's it's the night. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. Like, you don't need to be talking about shit in the binder
2: tonight. It's like, oh, look, see, yeah, we spent more on birthday parties this year. <laughs> yes.
3: It's crazy.
2: No, shit. It's crazy.
1: But I think you're pointing out something really important because I think this is also why they fail. Because we keep seeing these guys not yeah. take shit seriously that they keep thinking there's going to be a backup. So that's why there's like 20 schlubs who are doing what you're saying who are just kind of meandering through the hallways and aren't actually invested in what the fuck's
2: going on. Sure, yeah. And anyone who's worked in any kind of office, you know, that kind of like looking around and that 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 rage of seeing that no one else is stressed <laughs> but you.
0: Yeah. Oh, so I looked up the the gang in the demo department. So he ends up in the demo department, um, and and he sees that something's messed mm-hmm. up, and that they're just kind of again acting like it's no big deal when citizen
3: runs in. But they say the guy. Yeah. Well, well, the guy, yeah, the guy says the guy says, uh, he's like, what what happened? He's like, ah, oh, there's there's a glitch in the system. He's like, well, you should have blown hours ago. And he's like, uh, and he's like, I I didn't get the order, and then. I just so I'm just thinking like, well, is it a glitch or did you not get the order? Which right, one is it? Right. Because like, like it just sounds right. like you're not doing your job. That's
0: what it sounds yeah, like. to yeah. me. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't hear anything, so <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because
1: your if your <laughs> boss runs in is like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's the time to start like yeah. hopping to and figuring shit out in the moment. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, right. Look, it's a bunch of excuses. I, I mean, we we've we've all seen this movie. There is one and only one job for the demolitions team. <laughs> and it's to blow that cave. And they haven't done it yet because they were waiting on an order. Guys, there's monitors all over this place. You know no one is near that cave. Just blow it. Like, what does it matter?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Again, like why, why is the why yeah. is this not the Super exactly. Bowl to to these people? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the Super Bowl meets like the stock markets meet like yeah like Santa's Santa's sleigh ride. It's like it's yeah, it's like it's Christmas Eve, and they're like, oh, you you need the sled tonight, T- tonight. <laughs> it's like yes, I fucking need the sled tonight.
3: What do you think this is?
2: I can call a guy, but he's not here. Like he's gonna have to come down. Uh, to start. Oh the sled. my god! Because he doesn't work on he doesn't work on site. He works off site. <laughs> we didn't get the order. It's Christmas Eve. It's, that's the order. It's the day the gods come out and eat five special teenagers. Like,
3: <laughs> or whatever. Oh my yeah. God. These people are killing me. <laughs> they're so fired if they weren't <laughs> if they weren't going to be dead in a few hours they'd be so fired
2: yeah their lives are at yeah, risk yeah
0: yeah they didn't get yeah. the order and then they didn't, didn't say, like the electrical order. said there was yeah. a glitch why don't why don't hadley and citizen know there was a glitch like why are they why is he just finding out about that now because that seems like right. it would be
1: a major thing so do you guys just think this is like success of people just fucking up? Or do you think there's something kind of supernatural going on here?
2: I don't know. Oh, I've always saw it as just, just human error. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
3: I I feel like it's a situation where they've all, they've all just sort of, they just do this every year and they're just going through the paces. And this is the first year that they've had a group that's actually challenging them and no one is prepared Mm. for it. I think.
1: Mm. Hmm. yeah there's this i don't know if you guys remember there's like a minute that comes up where they think they got it in the bag and they're partying and citizen says something to the electrical teams like wow you know like you you just about like blew it and they have some sort of comment like well it wasn't us like and there's this other overtone that something else yeah, is going. N- on.
2: not my problem
1: yeah like there's going on so i just was kind of curious you know
2: well,
1: i have i do have a conspiracy Uh-oh. theory yes, Wait, my conspiracy yes.
3: theory. <laughs> okay Because I think, uh, you know, we met the, the new, um, what, what, what is, do we have a name for the, the new guy, the, like the security guy with the tucked in Truman? Truman. Yeah. Right. So Truman doesn't like this shit (laughs) and he is not into it. And so my conspiracy theory is that Truman is sabotaging it Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and that he's, uh, he's going around and he's, he's futzing with electric and he's. He's doing all these things because as like a security guy, he would
2: have access to everything. Right. So is he is he is he a whistleblower? You know, like, is he trying to? Yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's what it is, because I don't
3: think he believes in the old gods. I think that he just is here and thinks this is fucked up. And then he pays for that, for not believing in the old gods when all hell breaks loose. But I, I think it's his fault. I think he did this. I think he fucked him all up.
1: I really hope that's the case. I think that would be so congruent and awesome. It would just totally mm-hmm. enrich his character for me if he's just on the sly, been
3: sabotaging this whole time because he's got the moral imperative.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, But that being said, I mean, the movie, of course, tells us later that the real reason is because right. uh, Marty's doing it.
0: I but, do think it's an interesting mm-hmm. thought, though, because we don't get a whole lot of... Of Truman, except for him just being a a cool observer and sort of the moral or take seemingly taking a moral high ground, at least in his attitude. (laughs) Mm hmm. I do like that Sitterson gets on in there like he knows what needs to happen and he gets in with the, um, all the wires. and.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I think the reason for that is because he's worked his way up from the bottom. Mm-hmm. He knows every mm-hmm. inch of this place. Totally. He's worked in every department. And he's he just like, you know, I was doing your job, you know, before you were
0: even
1: born, you know? <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, and definitely that thing that happens where you're a person who does take your job seriously and see other people not. It's
1: so irritating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and there is that awkwardness where these people are kind of standing around. And he's just like, oh, my God, I need to take charge of this because you guys are fucking it up so bad. And that's why he's balls deep in wires all of a sudden when you have like three yes. other qualified people there who obviously
3: work with the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not just they're just not getting their shit done. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that is that is something that drives me a little crazy where somebody's just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, just start trying shit until it works. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know. Like it's so, just, it's just trial and error. Like that's all you do every time, every time there's a problem, that's what you do. Like mm-hmm. that's how you solve the problem. Uh, and, and I mean, every time, anytime something goes wrong with the website, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just keep, <laughs> I just keep, I just keep, you know, like fussing with things until I figure out what's, what the problem is, but nothing mm-hmm. would happen if I just kept staring at it like these idiots are doing.
2: Right. It, so. it, you'd be amazed how many people don't think that it's even worth it to try. You know, it, right? Just a right. trouble Like, well, I'll just mess it up. <laughs> right.
1: Right. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that kind of thing. You know, in in a I guess an urgent situation, people can freeze like deer and headlights and freak out and, and just be afraid to do anything. Sure.
3: But it just it just goes to show you how Sitters- why citizen is where he is now.
1: Mm, yes. Absolutely. Right. Because he's not afraid to wait in and just get it done because he understands what's at stake here. Mm-hmm. Like we got, we got to stop this. Otherwise like we're all, it's humanity's at stake. Mm-hmm. You're right. And these schlubs are just sitting around and you're like, Hey, yeah. we didn't get an order. Five in it. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, citizen's a neurotic guy, but he still, he gets, he gets his shit done, mm-hmm. you know, and and he can get his shit together when he has to, and he'll be neurotic about it. And, and his neurosis comes out in, in anger and he snaps at people. But he'll still step
2: in and and get the job done. Mm -hmm. So I think it's how the the two men have established a a respect for one another. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Getting it done when you need to. And then we've got Lynn, who is decisive and running into the control room to be like, Hadley, what is going? And it kind of cuts off. Okay. you
3: are in chemistry. What are you doing in the (laughs) control room? That's not what are you doing there? Like what, what can you offer the situation? <laughs> God damn it. Right. Lynn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Because like, isn't she at least, I don't know, leading another department who's supposed to be taking charge of the chemical do element you how,
2: Do you remember how annoying it would be when someone would start doing your job? Ugh.
3: Mm. Ugh, I hate that. Like,
2: t- <laughs> like taking it on themselves, like go into your part of the thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm doing expo. Like, no, that everything <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. She just reminds me of that, that person who can't let go of the drama, who's just like, I'm just going to trust mm-hmm. that the people who are in charge are like taking mm-hmm. care of it. And I mean, I understand they have phones here, Right. Right. So they can she can call back and be like, oh, obviously these two people are stressed out and have some shit going on. Maybe I should call back in a few minutes when the situation clears up and running down to the nerve center to be to demand answers. She obviously has,
3: you know, as uh, okay. so so both her and citizen obviously have neuroses. They have (laughs) forms of anxiety. You know, citizens comes out in anger and and snapping at people projecting uh and then you have her and and like it seems like Lynn's is more of that kind where you need to be in control of everything because when you're in control like it soothes you and i mm. think that that's what her deal is where she heard him say shit and she's like i don't like not being in control and right now i'm not in control so i need to at least i need to do something and the only thing i can do is go there and ask what's going on Mm-hmm. which is not appropriate for the for the moment. But from from her perspective, you know, uh, so with someone with anxiety, I I, I understand.
1: Mm. No, that's very astute. I, I hadn't considered that. She's she's trying to self soothe mm-hmm. in the moment.
0: Yeah, I can relate to her totally. Like, that would be me. <laughs> I would
3: be <laughs> like, I need to know what the hell is going on. Well, I remember I remember in in Chicago, you would do that when like. <laughs> somebody <laughs> When something wouldn't start on time or you'd see a bunch of us in the back, like, doing tech stuff, you'd kind of wander over and be like, so what's going on over here?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, we we all got
3: something. It's. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like to feel like I'm a part of it, I guess. So I can relate to that. And and also I think she knows these guys and she warned them in the beginning that you know, there were things that were a little glitchy. So she's kind of like not her maybe not thinking that they're going to be able to 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 succeed. So yeah, I get it, but it is I'm sure it's annoying to them.
3: <laughs> it's certainly i can imagine it certainly is in in a in a stressful you know situation like this this is uh this is a high stakes situation
0: right um, sure it's <laughs> not it's <laughs> when it's a low stakes yeah.
3: thing it's like well whatever but <laughs> this is a bit uh this i mean this is about as high stakes as possible i think right yeah, it's all of humanity. So, yeah, maybe she should. Oh, yeah, sit give it a rest, Lynn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, I think what, for them, yeah, like I if I'm in a high stress situation, I don't want to stop and explain shit to anybody. I just want to do mm-hmm. do whatever needs to get done. So, yeah, I'd be like, just stay out of my way and let me handle it. So,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about regarding the movie in general, or this minute, or or anything before we move into our oh, recommendations?
2: I, I don't I think I'm okay. Scott's okay. Uh,
3: well, I just want to say, I mean, I, I I just I I think this movie is um you know Buckner's aside, and and I still think <laughs> I still think that they serve uh, an overall purpose ultimately. I just wish. Uh, they had picked a, a a more interesting generic monster figure mm. but uh, i think you know overall i think this movie is is damn near perfect and um what it does for the horror genre i mean i you know it didn't it didn't it didn't fix it the horror genre is just as broken as it always was <laughs> uh but but i do i love it i mean i love i love metatext i love uh, metatextual stories and and hmm. this one is working on just just uh, a lot of levels that speak directly to me as a as a person who uh, likes that sort of thing. so you know going into this movie, knowing absolutely nothing about it, I was just completely flabbergasted by this thing and mm. and and what it was doing and and the levels that it was working at and like I said I wrote I wrote like a I wrote like a thesis paper um on on this movie uh and on the metatextual subtext and um all of that so uh big fan I I I <laughs> thought a lot about this movie and I just I I really love it to pieces I think it's uh I think it's really great and I am Uh, So excited to see what Drew Goddard has up his sleeve uh, in the future, because I just think he is one of the best working writers we have today.
0: Yeah, likewise. And thank you so much for bringing your enthusiasm and your insights and, uh, you know, yourselves to these minutes and joining us. Yeah, of
3: course. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That was a lot of fun.
0: So, yeah. So on Fridays, we always like to share a recommendation or two. So we asked you guys if you had something. So, what would um, Nick? Would you like to share something today? A little something you're into?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. You know, I uh, I don't listen to uh, nearly as many podcasts no, as, uh, as no Scott does. does. but no one does. Uh, one, one of the one of the ones that I I really do. <laughs> sure, one of the ones I really do love, and it it stayed under the radar, but it is. It's. I mean, it's 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 pretty accomplished in terms of what it's done but uh today i'd like to recommend the show off camera with sam jones my my favorite kind of podcast is the interview Mm -hmm. podcast just like two maybe three people Mm -hmm. just talking for an hour Mm -hmm. uninterrupted Mm -hmm. i just find it so easy to like listen to and i I love being introduced to new artists that way it's why i love things like the nerdist and like marin and Mm -hmm. uh and off camera with sam jones sam jones is one of the best interviewers I've ever, I've ever listened to. And he's primarily a photographer. Uh, The podcast sort of started as a, as a lark of wanting to talk to artists, you know, primarily actors and musicians about their art. And uh, he's a photographer. So there's also a video component of the show that's on Netflix and it it looks gorgeous. The video version it's in black and white each week. And uh, he just gets the best conversations out of people. The actors that really weren't on my radar after listening to a podcast, they're suddenly one of my favorite actors, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm like, oh, I, I really, the way they're able to articulate their craft and acting is such a weird art form to try and talk about. And uh, yeah, so, and they're evergreen. So if you know, just scroll through there, offcamera.com is the website, but it's available a lot of places. And the the video version is on Netflix if you're interested in watching it. And yeah, so yeah, I'd like, like to recommend that podcast.
3: Cool.
0: Okay, Scott, lay, lay them on us.
2: Okay, so
3: I came, I like a like a diligent guest. I came, <laughs> I came with a uh, with with uh, with a show and tell. But uh, then right before we recorded, uh, I watched something. And I was like, I feel like this needs love, and I want. I, I feel like people will easily dismiss this, and I I, I want people to watch it. So uh, I'm going to talk about both things. Uh, I'm going to cheat. Sorry. Um, so okay. the first thing, uh, the thing that I came to the table with. Was uh, so we I talked about this on our uh, our Patreon, Nick and I, every year on on our Patreon, we do uh, our top ten movies of the year, and um, I talked about this there. But uh, there's this. Uh, I'm not normally an anime guy. There's very few anime. Like I'm I'm usually um, I usually roll my eyes at anime, and I and I feel really awful about that. But um, this past year, I have <laughs> uh, grown sort of an appreciation for studio Ghibli stuff and things, things like that. And I'd heard about, uh, this anime film that came out, uh, this past year and on a whim, I just sort of watched it because I was in the mood for that sort of thing. And it's a, it's an anime film called your name. And, uh, what it is, is, uh, it starts off as a body swap comedy where a, uh, a, a guy in the city who lives in Tokyo and a, and, a, and a girl who lives in the country swap bodies. They're both um, high schoolers or whatever the whatever the Japanese equivalent of high school is. And, uh, and they swap bodies. Um, and w- the way that the, the film uh, uh, interprets this is that you only see one of them at a time. And so you will be watching like the girl in the country and then she'll go to sleep and then she'll wake up and she'll be someone else and you'll just be like why is she acting so weird or whatever and then the guy will go back to hit you know his own body the next day and then he'll see the havoc that the girl wrecked in his body in his life while she was gone so it's just really interesting uh how you never you, you sort of never see the two of them uh at the same time in each other's body it's not like a a normal, um, like a Freaky Friday kind of thing. It's, it's really interesting. But yeah, they, they end up becoming these weird like pen pals, because they write to each other while they're in each other's body to tell them what the other person did, so that they're, they can be prepared mm-hmm. for what's going to happen when they, uh, you know, wake up the next morning. and And they sort of build a friendship and then eventually fall in love. And that brings us to about halfway through the movie, and then something happens that I don't want to spoil that when it happened, I was watching it with my girlfriend and, and we both just simultaneously went, oh, shit. And the movie turns into this other thing, into this gigantic mm. sweeping romance that I I was not expecting. I was completely unprepared for. And it ended up being my uh, my number five uh, like favorite movie of the year that I saw this hmm. year. And it's, it's just – it's really an incredible, beautiful film. And uh, even if you don't really like anime, I would recommend checking it out because I think it is uh, – it, it definitely goes beyond uh, the the, tipi- the typical uh, notions of the genre and, and becomes uh, something else entirely. And it's, it's really great. So hmm. um, that was the one that I brought to the table. Uh, so that's called your name and you can, you can find it. It's on uh, Blu-ray right now. Um, that's how I watched it, but you can, you it's going to be available on VOD at the end of January. So like January 30th, I think is when it hits VOD. So you'll be able to like rent it from VOD and whatnot at the end of January. So there you go. The other thing that I, that I watched right before this, um, I watched the pilot for black lightning. Now I am I am a, a, hmm. an unapologetic fan of the DCW shows, the Arrowverse stuff. And I know that a lot of people they find them cheesy and they can't really get into them or whatever. And I don't mm-hmm. I I don't I don't judge those people. That's totally fine. I really like how earnest they are and everything, and and I'm very entertained by them. Um, when they announced that they were doing Black <laughs> Lightning, I thought. I thought, okay, so you know, I kind of know what I'm in for. Like, it's just going to be another one of these Arrowverse shows, kind of the same deal, the the CW of it all. And uh, I watched the pilot mostly out of morbid curiosity, with the assumption that I would watch it, and then I would wait for it to hit Netflix in a couple of months, and then I'd just binge the whole thing at some point. And this pilot blew me away. Uh, It was nothing like I thought it was going to be. It's nothing like it's marketed because I don't think the CW understands how to market this thing at all. And what I was impressed by was that it really becomes this story. It's a story about like what I imagine it would be like to be a successful black person in that you have white people. You have racist, just outright racist white people that you have to deal with um, who don't see you as valid in any way you have white people who just don't think you belong where you are and and then you have you have black people who feel like you've betrayed them somehow or or you know left the world that you came from to join some other world and you're dealing with this main character who is stuck between all of these things and what that that frustration probably feels like and I've never seen anything depicted in that way before. Uh, like even even Luke Cage, Luke Cage came out in a great time when, you know, I, I think Black America really needed mm. some representation because, uh, you know, it came right around like all of that police brutality stuff that was happening. And it came out in a really great time for that. But I don't think that the, that the show had anything particularly deep to say about any of that you know like it sort of danced around it and then ultimately just became a regular superhero show where he fought a villain in a costume and a silly costume and and that was fine i loved luke cage i had a lot of fun with it but what black what, what black lightning is working at is uh just a completely different level and i was i was just completely floored by this thing and and the places that they they took this character and how his superhero persona just sort of represents that frustration that he feels between all of these worlds and all of the stuff that he has to deal with where he's like yeah I got out of I got out of being, you know, poor and out of a bad situation and out of gangs and all of that but now like you have I'm still getting pulled over by police even though like i'm a principal at a high school i'm still getting pulled over police because some liquor store owner said that a black guy held up her her place and it's just oh man i i could i could i just Mm -hmm. i could not believe this was a cw show it's it's insane and uh i would recommend Mm -hmm. it because i am so worried that this show will get cut short because i you know we we have i think it's the fifth see like DCW show now. Yeah. It's a it's a lot. And and I think that a lot of people would probably just be like, I can't do another one of these, but this one's worth it. Cut one of the other ones and watch this one. So that's what I'll say. Yeah. Black lightning, CW.
0: Excellent. Mm. Sweet. Um, cool. Well, thanks again, guys. I think it's about time we wrap this baby up. Happy Friday, everybody, or happy whatever day you may be listening on this. And uh, yeah, just one final um, request for where people can find you guys before we we take off. Uh,
3: Yeah, you can you can find us at uh, DuelingGenre.com. You can find all of our podcasts there. That is uh, Cornetto Minute, Back to the Future Minute. Uh, I am the co-host of Spider-Man Minute. And Nick and I are both co-hosts on The Doctor's Companion with uh, Cassandra Fredrickson. Uh, and we talk about Doctor Who on that one. So if you like if you like Doctor Who, uh, you can check us out on the Doctor's Companion. And uh and we're all very excited for the thirteenth Doctor. Oh my God.
0: Oh yeah. yeah.
3: I know. Yeah. We are we are all very pumped. Uh so mm-hmm. if that sounds like something that you uh would be into, check that out. Check us all out there, and then uh you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Scott Corelli and uh Nick, where are you at? Uh
2: at Nick M. Jimenez. Yeah. So Amazon mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys know where to find us. We're at
1: (laughs) cabinminutecast.com. So I wanted to thank Nick and Scott again for being good sports, staying up late, and podcasting with us. It has been an absolute delight. Thank you for bringing all that you did to the table. And thank you guys for listening to episode 57. And we will see you back at the cabin.